And once you figure out how the, the key to understanding all of this, all of a sudden the whole world opens up to you and you say, oh, now I see why there were a twin towers in New York. New York, the Empire State. You need to do some homework on the term twin tower and find out that it goes back to Jacob and Boaz of the, of the Phoenicians. End of day. Freedom of speech is being taken away. What was it nineteen ninety seven, Michael? Anil? And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael. And I am a mere figment of your imagination. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a very different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Live and direct right now on a very special edition of End of Days. My guest this evening is Matthew Landman. He studied business and received a bachelor's degree in marketing management from Virginia Tech. After various careers in business and finance, Matt left the corporate world to be an organic farmer where he unknowingly had actually began his career as an activist. Matt also is responsible for the very popular documentary, Franken Skies. Hello again, boys and girls. I have returned and thanks for being here this evening. I hope you're feeling as good as I am out there, somewhere, anywhere on this island Earth. Now, tonight, we will be discussing some dark matters, such as geoengineering and 5G. Are you ready for more chemicals and radiation? Yeah, me too. I can't hardly wait. It's bad enough where I'm living right now. It's, it's horrible out here in this little area that is heavily polluted as mine is in California, out here in the desert. Now, do not hesitate to call in. We do enjoy callers, unless you're scared. Not sure anyone would be scared, but if you are, please don't be. That number is 760-332-8724. One more time, 760-332-8724. Now, without further ado, let's bring in our first guest here. Mr. Matt Landman, what's going on, my friend? Hey, Mike. How's it going? I'm sorry to keep you waiting there. It's all good. Thanks so much for having me on. That was a long intro. And no problem, my friend. I've been wanting to talk to you for quite some time now. And as we begin tonight, I was curious what's going on with you, Matthew. Anything new over on your side of heaven? Oh, wow. Always. It's, it's always a work in progress. Um, I devoted my life to activism about four years ago now, yeah, four years ago, and as I let go and just trusted in the universe and trusted in myself, I've grown so much and things have rapidly, exponentially started shifting and changing um, in my life. So recently, I've really been um, setting my goals high, as per usual, 
and I'm looking to um, fight this 5G, this unraveling technology. And so I've moved to a new place, Ashland, Oregon, where I'm hopeful to stop. So, so I'm making a film. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a sequel to my film, Franken Skies, but it's not just about the skies. It's about frequencies. Nice. And um, it goes in the history of it goes. We could talk about that for a long time. Actually, you just actually. Goes, yeah, you actually answered one of my questions. I was going to ask you if you were going to make a part two of that very uh, popular documentary, Franken Skies. Well, that's see, that's another story. I am going to make a sequel to it about about chemtrails again, about go. the update on it and what have you. But I'm working on another film called Altered about humanity and how we interact with this invisible field, which is basically called frequency. And in the film, I hope that it will highlight my successes in the new town that I've moved to in stopping 5G in my area. It's become a localized fight, right? It's, it's, it's all about your neighborhood, your town, your community, and giving to your local politicians and raising awareness on a local level. That's what this 5G thing is going to come down to, in my opinion. So I've picked a place and I've moved there and I hope to stop or help stop the, um, tech, the technology of 5G from encroaching on this community. So that's one thing that I'm doing. Nice. And then also, also, um, it'd be a little self-centered to just focus on just myself in the community. So I want to offer a solution or at least an alternative to the increased levels of radiation um, that a lot of people are going to be witnessing, um, not limited to myself, you know, like the entire world is going to and, and, and is witnessing an increase in this invisible radiation all around us, whether it be Wi-Fi or cell phones or smart meters or the smart cars or the 5G. So in a hopeful, um, the opposite of fear, right? In this hopeful situation that we're in, I'm trying to bring hope to people and I'm launching this clothing line that's called Hope. Um, in Latin, actually, though, it's, it's Sparrow, S-P-E-R-O is the name of the clothing line. And I'm, I'm lining clothing with silver, essentially. I'm creating an armor that is patented technology that is specific to basically be armor to protect from the radiation that we're experiencing and we're going to be experiencing. So that's what I'm working on right now, Very along busy. with chemtrail stuff and the next conferences and what have you. And even I'll interject and throw in there that I'm, I'm looking to hopefully host a new series of conferences titled, We Can Make It Rain on Forest Fires. That's the name of the conference series. I love that. And, and it's really direct and to the point. And um, I could extrapolate, but anybody listening could probably gather what the conference is about. <laughs> yes. And if you watch my film, Frankenskies, you get 10 minutes into that. And that's pretty much the gist of it is, you know, the, the film starts off in the 1920s, goes through the historical chronological timeline, series of events. I mean, I'm not making this up. This is U.S. Air Force, like stock footage. It's pretty doing. documented. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time you get 20 minutes into the movie, you've traversed 60 years or so. and there's no question we can make it rain on forest fires. So that needs to be brought to people's attention as we enter into this era of corralling humanity based on this fear-based uh, fire, fire uh, terrorism. Now we're going to be, you know, natural disaster terrorism. I mean, when you, you, Lyndon B. Johnson said it quite some time ago, control the weather, control the world. And that includes natural disasters. You, you can, if you can make windstorms on top of fires. And if you can spray aerosolized nanoparticulate aluminum oxide on forest for 30 years, um, which aluminum oxide is a patented fire accelerant, 
then you can you can make these engineer these natural disasters and do what you will with it, whether it be just to disrupt the frequency and raise fear or to actually displace people and and corral people to certain areas. Who knows what the agenda actually is? But right. I think the flip side of the fear, there should be a flip side. We live in a world of duality, so I'd like to be the flip side of that and bring some people some hope and what have you. But tell me about you. You've got this awesome show. Wow. How, how long have you been going for? About almost, how, how long has it been now? Since October of uh, 2016 is when I got this thing started up again here. Cool. A solo run, yeah, and it's been fun. And I wanted to bring you on much earlier. However, it wasn't the right time. I, I wasn't really at, at I, I kind of didn't have the show the way it is now in terms of, I guess, popularity. I, I get a lot of downloads through the podcast rendition of the program. And back then, when I first started, there, there really wasn't much of an audience, unlike there is today. And I'm much happier now. And the program has um, actually caught some more momentum, so I can't really complain. Lots of good things coming soon. Awesome. I'm very thankful for your uh, continued success. No problem. I appreciate that. And of course, I do want to know about uh, your area currently right now. What's the weather like in your town, Matt? Well, it's funny that you ask. Um, this this goes into the whole spectrum of belief, um, combating the consensus that there is a heating, a, a, a anthropogenic um, man-made global warming occurring. And this which, is the worst time too, Matt, by the way, since, sorry to cut you off there, but since yeah. we're getting closer and closer into that middle part of summer, that's when all these sort of things really take into uh, place in terms of the weather and all these emissions that we will be seeing since it's a lot hotter now. That's when these things spread out even more. Yeah. And the summers really are the, when the game is really played out, you've right. got drought and forest fires, and we've seen this extreme weather and flooding across the United States and the farmland. And then also hurricanes, engineered hurricanes. I mean, it gets, it gets really intense, but where I'm at in Southern Oregon in um, the Northwestern United States, beautiful there. I, it is gorgeous, and I love it. Lucky. And it's amazing. You are and a lucky. lot of people here are awake. It is incredible. I'm jealous. A lot more people than you would really think. You know, I'm, I'm actually shocked how well-received the message of my activism is because I'm out there, right? And I'm taking the pulse, basically, of the community, and people are really excited yeah, to watch cool. Frank and Skies and what have you. But we've experienced a massive shift into hot, hot heat wave. And what was funny was, and I've, I stare at the sky, man. I've been doing it for four straight years, especially with the chemtrails, every single day. And I've, I've picked up on some, some not just correlations, right? I mean, I'm a statistics guy. I graduated top of my class with an MBA, and I, I killed it in stats. And eventually, when it gets to be 99%, it, it's beyond correlation. And what I've witnessed is these heat waves. These heat waves seem to very much be orchestrated by this geoengineering agenda. What I just recently witnessed in the past week was we had very chilled climate in the mid-70s, beautiful blue skies with white fluffy clouds, normal clouds, normal skies. And then we are expecting a heat wave. And I started looking at the sky and voila, the air traffic showed up. We got 20 planes in the sky at any given time, zigzagging, you name it. I mean, 
I'm just my jaw dropped at the activity in the sky and the, 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 the persistent linear cirrus clouds coming out of the back of these jets and drones and what have you are bellowing out into a white haze. And then you see the frequency ripple ripple going across the sky. And when those frequency ripples are, are witnessed, it's this harp activity. But harp has actually been advanced. For those of you that don't know about harp, I'll break it down to you really quick. It's an acronym. H-A-A-R-P stands for Highly Active Auroral Research Program. It's this Tesla technology where, again, we're talking about frequency. And we didn't learn about this. We, we grew up learning about indoctrination into this system so that we can essentially work for the man. They don't want us to know about free energy or Nikola Tesla, Masaru Emoto, Royal Mate Raymond Reif, any of these people. Reich, you know, this is interesting out of this world technology, like out of the head, kind of like outside of the box thinking. They don't want us to know that there's free energy and, and Nikola Tesla and all that sort of stuff. But what HARP is, is it's an antenna array. So imagine like a football field with all these big antennas in it, like like the bunny ears on your TV, but like big, big, kind of more complicated antennas. And what the antennas do is they use frequency to target a certain area in the atmosphere and have the frequencies overlap each other. So, and, and in doing so, heat is created. So basically, they've learned how to heat the atmosphere with frequency, okay? And they can do a, a big span of it. And if the atmosphere happens to have nanoparticulate oxidized aluminum or other chemicals being mixed together, right, this whole agenda of the chemtrails, geoengineering, and then you superheat it, you can create heated atmospheres. And if you can create a heat bubble in the atmosphere, you can create high pressure, you can create walls of high pressure, steer jet streams, create thunderstorms, create tornadoes, create hurricanes, create heat waves, because you're creating high pressure, rising heat. You're actually creating heat in the atmosphere. And then as above, so below, the heat rises. So when you see these frequency ripples in the sky, it's actually heating of the atmosphere to maybe steer the storms around or, or whatever. But what I witnessed was what seemed to be the creation of a heat wave. And time and time again, I've witnessed it during summers, especially, where the temperature will shift dramatically, and it will be engineered. And then you, you look in the mainstream media and geoengineering is being called for as a solution to the heat waves, right? So you've got this perfectly diabolical, tactical, perfect case study of a Hegelian dialectic, problem, reaction, solution, where Hegel was this philosopher at the turn of the, turn of the century, German philosopher. I know a lot of us know about it, but not everyone. True. And he, cre he created this master-slave dialectic where he basically went to the elitists of the time, you know, the Rothschilds or whoever it was then, and said, hey, check it out. I'm a really smart philosopher, and here's what you do. We're going to create this dialogue, this dialectic narrative, where basically there's two duality sides of this, the master and the slave. And the master is going to talk this certain way, and the slave is just going to be cor cornered into this way of thinking, right? And what it is, is this problem-reaction-solution scenario that is built where the end game is already pre-planned. The solution is already pre-planned. So when the government created 9-11, the terrorist attack or whatever, that was actually an inside job, to break your heart if you don't know about that one. And then the reason it was done was the end game was to create this ongoing war, right? But the middle of it is fear. So the problem is terrorism. The reaction is fear. The solution is the war. They orchestrated that to create the war. And here they're orchestrating heat waves 
to create fear in the public's eyes so that we can so that they can sell us the solution while we're in this state of fear and we can't think for ourselves and we're disempowered because of the fear mongering and the the propaganda and the media mind control and all this conditioning, programming, what have you, right? Right. We've got our walls of cognitive dissonance built, and they just walk us through this way of thinking where we think we're thinking for ourselves, and the solution to it all is chemtrails, geoengineering, the exact thing that is causing the problems. And they're actually sidestepping decades of treason by having us consent to their solution, which is actually the problem in and of itself. I hope I conveyed that pretty well, but it sounded Definitely. all right. Definitely. It sounded great. I understood <laughs> it. I hope the audience did too. You broke it down quite well there. Uh, we, we jumped a little bit ahead here, but I did want to go back in time really quickly here, Matt, just to let the audience get to know you just a little bit better here. Uh, from my understanding, you left the corporate world, Matt, and you attended Virginia Tech. Uh, when when exactly were you there? Okay, so I love to try to convey to people that I'm a normal dude. Well, you definitely I'm, are, I'm, yeah. I'm a normal guy. I didn't come from money. I didn't have this um, activist upbringing. Like, right. there's nothing different about me. I was friends with all sorts of different people, you know, and I'm st I still am. I can identify with the youth. I can identify with all sorts of people. Well, you're not an old man yet, man. You're, you're still very young. Yeah, thanks. So um, I graduated from Virginia Tech. I grew up on the East Coast. I graduated from Virginia Tech with a Bachelor's of Science in Marketing Management in 2003. And I just started working all these sort of different jobs, uh, banks and mortgages and real estate and restaurants. And I wanted to get into the film industry. So I moved to ah, LA. Okay. And LA was a nightmare. And I ended up in San Diego. Love it there. Yeah. I love San Diego. Oh, yeah, it's near where you live. Yeah. Word. So I, I, I love San Diego, but I was in this grass is always green or on the other side of the fence kind of mentality. And I kept moving back home. I think it was just because I like to travel. So I moved mm. back home to Northern Virginia 11 times, different cross country trip each time, really into photography and just, just living a normal, weird life as a 20 something year old kid trying to figure out, you know, what really was my drive and my well, passion Matt, or anything. You man, know? you got you got kind of lucky, I would have to say, since you weren't gunned down, if you remember yeah, the Virginia Tech shooting. Yeah, I didn't have kids. I didn't really, you know, <laughs> right. nothing was really holding me back. And I mean, I mean, I don't know. It was a little irresponsible, but at least I didn't get sucked into anything like a mortgage or anything like that. So exactly. Either way, I, either way, I ended up um, in San Diego and, and wanting a change. And I wanted to get kind of away from the, the drought. And I was watching these people water their cars <laughs> and water their fake lawns in the midst of a drought. <laughs> and it kind of kind of bugged me out. So I moved to Northern California and went to grad school in Arcata, California, to California State, um, Cal, Cal State Humboldt. I know that Humboldt, place California. well. Yes. And it was beautiful. Very. And, um, I got a master's in business with a focus in strategic sustainability. And I also studied film, old-fashioned film, 16 millimeter, really cool. Um, the way that we perceive reality is at 28 frames per second. So I learned how to take 28 frames per second uh, footage and and with 16 millimeter film, the old fashioned way. Nice. And and developed a little bit of skills and know how, to, and which which actually ended up helping me make Frankenstein's, believe it or not. And so nice. Yeah, those those I, skills I, came into play later on. Yeah, totally. So I got out, and then now the MBA is coming into play as I start this business. Imagine that. Wow. So I got out of school and I worked in business again. I was a finance analyst. 
And after a little bit, it was just nonsense. And I actually sniffed out some corruption and I, I split and I worked for a nonprofit and still I was inside and even they were corrupted and it was bogus. And I ended up working on an organic farm. Very and cool, there yeah. I was in Northern California working on this organic, beautiful farm. I could hear the waves crashing. I was near the ocean right there in Arcata in the, in the bottoms, they call it. It's just this gorgeous land, very rural, very sparse air traffic. And what I witnessed was a catastrophic drought of five years. And I was working on the farm in the end of that. Um, it was a potato and squash farm primarily. We grew over a dozen varieties of winter squash. Winter squash is amazing. We grew over a do dozen varieties of potatoes. Potatoes are amazing. And day one on the job, I learned potatoes grew potatoes. I didn't know that. And it was a real kick in the face to see how indoctrinated I was that I didn't have any connection to the earth or to the sky. And my last name is Landman. And I didn't know you put a potato on the ground and you get potatoes. <laughs> so Yes. So I, I really thought back on my life and those potatoes were trying to grow in the closet and under the sink. And I had no idea that that's what the potato was doing. And, and nobody bothered telling me. And I had gone to, they, they claim, the best public school in the country and all this nonsense. Somebody should have told me that potatoes grew potatoes. And even recently, I'm learning about different varieties of things. I mean, I thought there was only one type of lemon until like a month ago. There I mean, is I'm, all sorts, I'm totally, yeah. I'm totally a product of this indoctrinated system. I put my hand on my heart and I said the Pledge of Allegiance like a thousand, a hundred thousand times. Who knows how many times I said that crap. So either way, I, on this farm, I really started to open my eyes and I witnessed weather modification on that farm. And I never would have thought anything like that. And it was, it was a very, very in my face experience where this massive storm was coming and I was out in the field harvesting pumpkins, thinking that the pumpkins were going to rot in the field because this one week long storm was coming. And the entire ecosystem was awaiting this storm. Massive drought. These amphibious creatures were coming out from underneath my house waiting for this massive storm. The storm was coming. And on the edge of the storm, whereas there weren't any planes flying around, I'm over this farmland, very tiny little airport in McKinleyville, small jets coming in and out, not even over the farm. So all of a sudden, a dozen planes showed up on the edge of this storm. And they zigzagged across the sky on the edge of the storm and left these lines in the sky. The yes. lines bellowed out into a white haze. The storm came and no rain fell out. It was an, actually an awkward, eerie feeling. And believe it or not, I just shrugged my shoulders and said, weird weather we're having. And I went on with my life. But a couple of weeks later, my buddy on the phone in the East Coast, we were just shooting. the, We were just talking about stuff, 9-11 and people and the world and, and the youth and all this stuff. And he was like, yeah, but chemtrails. How can you deny that? And I had never even heard of it. And this is a, a lesson or a tool or a hope, I hope this empowers and inspires people is this little notion, this little conversation, just my friend spreading his truth and sharing it with me, lit this fire under my ass. And now I've gone and, and I've honestly woken up about a million people to chemtrails, right? I love and that, that. Yeah. And that's so empowering to me, I feel like, because I'm just a normal dude that really got upset. So I started thinking and really looking at the sky after this conversation and realized that I had just witnessed something very extreme. And I started seeing it again, and I started doing research, and my world just unraveled right in front of me, basically. And, I, and nobody knew about it. Not any of my family, peers, 
anybody in the community. And so I started passing out flyers. And because nobody knew about it, it really aggravated me. And I, I, I said I really wanted to do something, but I didn't get any traction and really didn't go anywhere until I moved to Vancouver, Canada. And I connected with some older 9-11 truth guys that basically were just like, yeah, you can do it. Why not? Make a movie. Do it. Do it. Go for it. And I was like, yeah, no kidding. I can be an activist. Why, why am I giving up? You know, it's not that I was giving up, but I wasn't giving it my all. Yeah. And so once, once I decided to give it my all and do it every day, baby steps towards big goals, I've been able to do a lot. And, and, and it's the very beginning, obviously. But, but I've actually gotten my foot in the door, at least, to bring some awareness and hopefully some change in this spectrum of what was just disbelief. And now it's becoming this normalized, weird space where it's being posed as a solution and people are still just waking up to the fact that it's not a conspiracy. Definitely. And that's pretty noble of you to pick up farming and develop a sort of green thumb, as they say. And of course, I did want to bring up another uh, topic, I guess you could say, another issue for some folks out there. And uh, since you brought up Arcata and some of the other places around Northern California, I was curious about your opinion was exactly on marijuana being legalized, not only for medical purposes, but for recreational use. And it seems like 33 states have legalized it. Many never thought that this would actually happen. Okay, so I'm all about freedom of choice, sure. and I'm all about freedom of, of medical decisions, um, and I'm all, I'm all about not getting thrown in jail for plants. No doubt. With that being said, there's an obvious corporate interest and That's also saying, yes. a, a, corrupted, a corrupted interest in, in the legalization. So what I see happening is as these corporations get involved, such as Monsanto right, and even right. government interests and what have you, they've never been able to. So when 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 marijuana was first researched, right, the U.S. government was very concerned. Why? Because their frequency manipulation devices didn't work on people that were under the influence. So the the MK Ultra program, the mind control, the frequency. Our minds are very susceptible to manipulation. We carry around, we carry around frequency manipulation devices in our pockets. Our, our computers are patented to alter our frequencies. All right. So for us to have this curative, I don't think that they like that out there. And you know, some people will all of a sudden say, "Hey, conspiracy!" They love pointing <laughs> the finger at me, yes. but I keep an open mind. And I keep an open mind about the potential of genetic modification and altering. And I've witnessed just how genetics gets altered, these pure strains of, of very deep genetics, as this proliferation and all these people step into the scene and it, you lose this purity. And then who's in control of these seed banks and crossing and all this stuff? You lose the control when it leaves the black market. I know it sounds weird, but when you have a corrupted government that's not looking out for the best interests of the people, um, these curative elements. So there's also like epilepsy and all these things, cancer. There's a lot of yes. things that that are amazing, beneficial properties of this plant. But you don't want the genetics to be altered. And now that it's in this open, weird space, 
you know, that's my fear. But at least we have places like Humboldt County where there's mom, mom and pop growers that are trying to. I mean, there's even been a, a massive crackdown on on them, unfortunately. So last year, if you had medical rights, you could grow 99 plants. But now because it's legal, those people who could grow 99 plants are now being thrown in jail. That too. You, know, you can only have three plants now. And so like the people who were doing what they've always been doing, now that it's legal, they're getting in trouble because th- their rights have actually been taken away. And wh- whereas the corporations have a trillion plants, those people who are growing for their own medical, you know. It's a bit, we- it's a bit weird, um, weird since the cartel is involved with some of the more illegal operations out there in the Emerald Triangle. As you know, that's kind of uh, what what goes on with some of the law enforcement officers who are kind of, you know, they get kind of tired of going out there and ripping plants and having to deal with people that are directly involved with a different cartel uh, factions out there. That's a, a big thing that's still going on that isn't exactly talked about uh, very much at all, which is very surprising. Yeah, there's a lot for sure. And it seems like the target is on the independent farmer. You exactly. know, they the want those person, people yeah. who are free thinkers that can actually live and sustain themselves. They they want them under their grip of control. So this is one way of doing that in a roundabout way. It, legalization seems cool, but in the end, long story short, I'm not really too stoked about uh, it. Yes, that's where I was uh, headed towards when I was going to respond to that. I was also want to tag on to that, that, that uh, Nevada has passed the first statewide law in the nation that bars employers from rejecting a job applicant because of a failed marijuana test. Pretty interesting, right? And I never thought that would happen either. Yeah, that is an interesting uh, potential step in a, in a decent direction. I mean, the plant stays in your system for 30 days. So what sense that makes that you could have an alcoholic, heroin? At, I mean, you know what I mean? It's a little, I, I'm not really sure, where, I'm not sure where, either. what to say about that. But but yeah, Nevada, to be so on board with that, I mean, they were one of the strictest states in the very country. Very strict, yes. The, the new law, right, the new law exempts firefighters, emergency medical workers, and other public safety jobs. So yes, in terms of the medical and recreational scene, this definitely does seem like a victory and a step forward. For sure. Amazing. And I feel that's a good thing. It's a positive step forward from all the mistakes of the past that have created such a, I guess you could say, avalanche of negativity. However, there is always a however, Matt. And this time it does concern me that now that the floodgates are open, and as we alluded to a couple moments ago, these other companies can dip their hands in and, I guess, muddy the waters, as they say. It does concern me that we must worry about GMOs. We know that it won't be long before the big AG companies will certainly want their piece of the proverbial pie, Matt. For sure. I bet they're already getting involved. They've got to be, and yeah. They're already p- planning that freaks their me takeover out. over the, you know what I mean? They've already got it all mapped that out. That freaks so, me out. So I, so I really encourage people that have those original genetics, those old seeds, to hold on to them and, you know, stick up for yourself and stand for your rights and, and, and keep those genetics strong, especially the ones that have those curatives. I've, I've witnessed plants that are never flowered and just the leaves are juiced and can cure epilepsy. 
um, like curative for seizures. Right. Yeah, so I really yeah. hope that some of that can prevail. And it's up to us to kind of step up and preserve those genetics. We're all, it's kind of like the truth. Either we hold on strong to it and continue to cultivate it and honor it with integrity, or the flame could actually go out. It's up to us to bring it forward. Agreed. And of course, don't worry though, for those that don't use any sort of narcotic most out there listening to the show are already eating products that contain glyphosate. <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah, that, that's one. And that glyphosate is actually showing up in vaccines. Cereals. And, and glyphosate is now going through the court of law. And they're now ruling that it's carcinogenic. But I mean, it's like, I mean, it's great that they're ruling that it's carcinogenic, but it's kind of insulting that they put it on everything for what a decade. It's in all of our water and soil. And I mean, they're even saying it's showing up in rainwater. We're saturated with it. And now they're coming out and saying, oh, yeah, actually, it's carcinogenic. Don't you think they should have tested it before they put it on every single thing on Earth? You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. It's interesting that the government would even allow this sort of thing to happen for so long. But then again, for a long time, they were pushing cigarettes to uh, the world. Well, yeah, and that's an amazing segue into 5G. It's just like any of those things that come in untested. We, as sovereign beings, we have to actually honor, again, honor the truth and think for ourselves and stick up for ourselves. So, for instance, if, I mean, there's so many different potential metaphors. But if they if uh, if the government was coming and putting in a nuclear power plant in your town, but they weren't abiding by any safety guidelines, and it was obvious that this was going to cause harm, and they weren't doing any studies, and they weren't doing their due diligence, people would say, hey, this isn't okay. They would go over to the local authorities, and they would make sure that this power plant didn't come into their community. That's because nuclear power has been accepted as harmful, right? It's accepted in the, in the world, in the consciousness. But the Western world has really done an amazing job through the conditioning and the propaganda and the deep pockets. I mean, the telecom industry has deeper pockets than big pharma, deeper pockets than pharma. That's an incredibly deep pocket you're dealing with. And you can, in that light, have controlled opposition and propaganda and all these things to support your cause. And what they want to do is bring a cell tower into your neighborhood, actually multiple cell towers into your neighborhood. And because the radiation has been given this fancy term EMF, electromagnetic fields, and people have been well, essentially spoon-fed disinformation for decades, and we love our devices. We love them. We're, we're addicted. This, I'm addicted. I have to be honest with you, and I have so much to say about that, but go ahead. This incredibly tactical, genius, and diabolical trap of technology in the digital age started essentially with the radio, but maybe even the black and white television. Right. Ever, ever since the black and white television, people have been baited for the next upgrade. And brainwashed. And so, That's where the... It's so easy. And, yes. and brainwashed all the, all the way with frequency. But who's going to say no to a color TV after the black and white TV? Uh, I mean, me. you're not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then the TV has shifted into a surveillance system inside your house that emits Wi-Fi and what have you. It's watching you at all times, that little device in your pocket. Right, it's this plasma television, what have you. But the technology has become so sophisticated 
and so smart that to stoke your ego, they've actually put the word I in front of the device. So you've got your iPad, me, 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 your iPhone, your iTunes. I mean, yeah, granted, this is just Apple. That's good marketing about, too, though. That's, that's brilliant that. marketing, Matt. so genius. And you <laughs> get stuck in this smart world where you love your device. But guess what? That device puts off so much electromagnetic uh, field radiation that it triggers a dopamine response in your brain. It actually triggers an arousal in your system. You're actually physically addicted to it. It's crazy. So just FYI, if you've ever kicked any sort of habit, and I know a lot of us out there have smoked or drank or whatever your vices may be, and either you've tackled it or you haven't, but actually the addiction to the radiation off your phone, this is one of those vices, just to let you know, because I've been there, I've gone from a smartphone to this flip kind of slider phone thing, and and I've actually cut the radiation out of my life. You downgraded your phone. Yeah, it's been an amazing experience, and I got the I got rid of my Wi-Fi router, and I have a, a wired line, and I got rid of my um, smart meter as well. I have an old analog meter. I've actually got a, a EMF radiation meter, and I'm EMF radiation free. But but I'm not trying to be super like cool or pompous or anything. I actually got pretty messed up from my smart meter. I had a I had, I moved to Canada to finish and work on Frankenstein, the film. And I got this little cabin and this little island community in British Columbia and the forest and beautiful scenic. I'm just going to work on my movie and get this thing knocked out. And about three feet from where I lay my head to sleep and about five feet from where I was typing on my computer all day, working on my or editing on my computer, what have you, there was a smart meter. And after a few months, I became super electrical sensitive and I started having heart problems heart pains when around emf fields heart um uh what do you call it palpitations and really i learned the hard way but that's how my life has been and then when i moved to arizona okay i moved down to arizona to host the third annual global chemtrail summit to bring awareness to this normalization attempt of chemtrails okay the primary solar geoengineering professor guy the bad guy the bad chemtrail boogeyman guy the evil man, he, gets yeah. his, he gets his funding from Bill Gates, this guy named David Keith out of Harvard, he is this front man who goes on the news on all the different publications across the world, and he says, we need to spray the skies with aluminum to save us from chemtrails. Yeah, they want to darken the skies. Yep, and he's also got this carbon capture technology that he's going to get rich off of, whatever, he's got patents on that. He's like a weasel, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's the boogeyman. Everyone wants to know, like, who's doing it? Well, we can definitely point our finger at this guy. So he is launching this public experiment for the media to to launch chemtrails as a solution. So first they have to do an experiment to see if the chemtrails work. Well, they've been doing this spraying for a long time, but they're not going to tell the public. But now they're going to try to tell the public that they're going to do it and it's for their own good. But first they have to do an experiment to, quote, see which chemicals are best to block out the sun because we need to block out the sun to reduce the temperatures because the temperature is going up so much from our carbon emissions, from exhaling and from our cars, right? But really, we're not told that the number one greenhouse gas on Earth is water vapor, number one greenhouse gas. And then if the planes were really just leaving these trails of water vapor up there, which is what we're told, then at least that should be scrutinized. At least there should be transparency in our skies either way. But nevertheless, 
we're being fed this back to that problem, reaction, solution, Hegelian dialectic. We're being fed these falsehoods to push further falsehoods. So I moved down to Arizona to have this conference to bring awareness to the experiment that David Keith was having to go up in this high-tech balloon out of Tucson, Arizona, and spray in the sky these different chemicals. He was going to spray mirrors, tiny little mirrors. But he was worried the mirrors were going to fall out of the sky. He was going to spray sulfur, but he's concerned about acid rain, and acid rain is going to kill a lot of people. And he goes on the Colbert, he goes on these different television shows saying that the sulfur is dangerous, it's going to kill a lot of people. Yeah, I remember Literally. that, yeah. Right. And then he says, well, well, he's considering spraying diamond dust that he thinks that the diamonds can reflect back sunlight and cool the earth. But he thinks maybe diamonds are a little expensive. And then, look, you guys, the people out there that are reading this for the first time and they're like, well, I think diamonds are really expensive, too. <laughs> right. And you, you stoke these people's egos by feeding them this like simple. And then you show them the diagram and you're like, look, you've never seen this before, but we're going to spray chemicals out of the sky that looks like something that you may have possibly seen, but it's not what you've seen, but it's going to be going on and you're going to have to maybe pay us for it because you're welcome. Right. Because, you know, this, all this carbon taxes and all this money, where's it all going to come from? But either way. So the experiment was to unravel. And lastly, David Keith was going to spray in the sky various sizes of nanoparticulate aluminum because he thinks the aluminum might float really well and deflect sunlight really well. Well, guess what? We've been sprayed with aluminum for decades now, and the patents are there, and he's been behind the scenes promoting it the whole time. And aluminum, this aluminum oxide that has now been sprayed on our forests, it's a patented fire accelerant. It also disrupts the tree's ability to uptake water. It disrupts the soil. It's everywhere. It creates, it creates an environment where you can make forest fires, right? And then when you can geoengineer the the, the uh, winds right on top of the fires, you've got this perfect agenda to unravel to create chaos and wreak havoc and what have you. So, but back to the five G, okay? And then and then I'll and then I'll pass the mic to you. So we're in this world where the the telecom agency and the FCC they're basically in bed together. Not basically, but they are. Okay, and they're not looking out for our best interest. There's been no testing to show that the five G is safe. And to put it really simply, okay, so we've got cell towers now. Those cell towers, if you live next to them, there's there's a lot of studies out there, and I could talk about all sorts of studies, but there's there's rats that have been shown that their blood-brain barrier breaks down when they're in EMF fields, and there's cancer research and tumors and depression and all of these disruptions that the cell towers have. Childhood leukemia, and a lot of countries have said that if you live right next to a cell tower, it's going to cause harm. Okay, so... So really, we have to get past that first. Does living next to a cell tower cause harm? And the research is there. And, and it's back to like the, the cigarettes thing. There it's it is, like yeah. It's in the, in the 60s or 80s or whenever. It depends on who you talk to. But now it's pretty much common knowledge. Common sense. It's obvious. So you have to go there for the research. So I'll, I'll just say this one thing. National Institute of Health did a research study on these utility workers. And the curiosity was why there was this high depression level in these utility workers that are, were working around these cell towers, installing these cell towers. A random sample study by the National Institute of Health found that a staggering 10% of these utility workers in the study committed suicide. And they, they got from that, they concluded 
that it, there was a chemical disruption in these workers' brains because of these EMF fields. And I'll get to that. Basically, EMF fields cause depression. Okay? And, I'll, and I'll get to that. And I'm really excited to talk. Yes, about I want you to bring that up, no doubt. But before we do, I wanted to also uh, signal to you that I do have the promotional banner that I made for you where you are wearing that glorious T-shirt that says, I'm not a lab rat. And you have the 5G crossed out. Awesome. Yeah, I love that one. I was great shirt. That I was gifted that in Danville, California. When I was living in Northern California, I was going to different um, county board of supervisors or town hall meetings or city hall meetings and giving my three minutes on five G. Of course, other community members, amazing activists out there, you wouldn't believe how proud I am and how honorable and how intelligent and how brave these people are in these communities, these moms and these grandmothers and these parents and fathers and kids and people standing up and giving their three minutes because that's all they're allowed. And it's been incredible to be a part of this. And that shirt came from Danville when I went down there, Danville, California, and I spoke and I was really proud of my three minutes that day. But the, the concern with 5G... I'm proud of you too, by the way, Matt, going up there and uh, letting your voice be heard in front of all those different individuals, all the folks in the suits out there. It takes a lot of balls to get up there. Well, what happened, and thanks, man, and I'm trying, and really, I just want to try to lead by example, and I really want to be that flip side of fear. I want to empower and inspire people, and, no show doubt, people yeah. and show people that they can, you know, they can do anything. You can do anything, right? And just getting up there and practicing, and people can see I'm a work in progress, right? We were talking, you and I, just briefly earlier about we don't like to listen to ourselves on the radio. Oh, not it's at all. Because it's because like our old interviews and yeah. yeah you second that right oh big time my friend i don't like going back to hear any of the episodes unless i absolutely have to even when i'm editing the show i don't like to listen to them but sometimes when let's say well i'm gonna throw this one out there sometimes when i'm with the, with a couple friends and you know this is another thing i don't even really like talking about my show with people that are close to me that are my friends I don't like talking about it, but they bring it up sometimes. And once in a while, when we are very drunk, uh, sometimes they'll put on the show just to embarrass me for a bit. <laughs> but they're fans, though. They listen to every single word, even though they like to uh, poke fun at me. But they love the show, though. Oh, that's tough love. That's oh, they love it, though. They love it. They they get a great kick out of it. They're always they, laughing. It's it's They love it. That's terrific. Um, so I moved down to Arizona to host that that conference, and we did an amazing job. Nice. Um, I went on as many radio shows as I could leading up to it. I went on Coast to Coast AM, which has millions of live listeners, and I packed this conference hall in Tucson, Arizona, bringing awareness to this criminal, treasonous, treasonous criminal's behavior and this attempted launch to normalize this this very um, nefarious agenda, right? And so we had this conference. We had a protest the next day uh, on Mother's Day for Mother Earth, and we had a concert. And last year he was supposed to have that that experiment, and he didn't. 
So I really would like to congratulate all the people that made those waves down in Tucson before, during, and after that conference and protest, because we really got the word around. And I think that they decided that it wasn't going to bode well for them to have that experiment and have it public and have it in the public's eye at that time. And then afterwards, we ended up with this crazy winter polar vortex, snow in Las Vegas, and maybe they're thinking twice about telling the world that we need to block their sun on the edge of that crazy cold season. But who knows? We'll see what happens this year. But he's yet to actually have the experiment publicly thus far. So I'm in Arizona for that reason. Living in Sedona, Arizona is where I ended up landing when I moved there down there from Canada. And I learned there of 5G. Okay, I already learned about the the dangers of radio frequencies and smart meters and and had ditched my smartphone finally. And then I learned that Arizona was to be the first state to roll out 5G statewide. So I opened up the front page of this newspaper and there it was. Sedona was to get 26 new massive cell towers and hundreds and hundreds of small cell towers throughout neighborhoods. Whereas Sedona, Arizona, this very small, spiritual, hippie kind of uh, new age community in the Red Box. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. It's a wild, lovely place indeed. They only have a couple cell towers right now, and they're up on mountains and stuff. I mean, they're not in the middle of town. So so next year, they're looking to get 26 more towers, whereas they have two or three now, and or maybe four throughout the entire area. But it's a complete and total crazy upgrade. So I went to this town hall meeting, and it was packed, and everyone was there to speak. And they said, no, we're not going to do that this time. And then there was another meeting, and they kept pushing it, and they pushed it, and they're, they're keeping people updated via emails and this and that. And finally, I went to give my three minutes, and I was the only one who spoke. Wow. And, and, I, and I said, at the very first time, I said, you all are not equipped to make this decision. You need to, to find some specialists scientists and what have you that can actually research this and and research the health and environmental impacts and do some studies because the studies don't exist. We don't know this is safe. And especially pregnant women, you need to get on this. You're you're supposed to represent the people. That's true. And and that's been basically what I've said ever since. I've perfected and honed in on the words and and kind of fashioned my my little way. But it's not like I was up all night writing my speech. I'm jotting it down right then and there and just saying it in the moment. And I'm not a speech writer and, and anybody can do it is my point. Right. And so it's really important to try to get there because you never know who you're going to get to. Your mayor could really be on board after they're brought some of this awareness, such as that National Institute of Health Research study showing 10 percent of these utility workers committed suicide. And the reason why is I'd like to. Can I go there right now? Yeah, go ahead. They, they actually committed suicide. Yeah, so check it out. This is really amazing and empowering. And the whole thing about 5G is the powers that be. I thought it was us. just I thought I was just getting faster internet. Yeah, no, it's totally it's different. Kind of so, sarcastic there, but yes. <laughs> so yeah, no, <laughs> I know, right? But that's what everyone thinks, and it's being sold as this amazing little upgrade and it's no big deal. And then there's also in the alternative community, there's a lot of fear being propagated. And I get it, but the fear is um, surrounding also launch launches of tens of thousands of 5G satellites, which is actually falsehood, propaganda, disinformation. It is fake news meant to disempower, disempower us, and I'll get to that. And then on top of that, 
We're not told about any success stories or anything. We're just told it's coming and be afraid. And people are left in this frequency of fear, right? But there is a flip side to that, and it's empowerment and it's inspiration, okay? And we can get there very easy with truth and knowledge. And the knowledge is the attempt is to shroud the knowledge with confusion and get people all spreading these falsehoods and and debating you divide and conquer right so you've got these people divided on issues and debating falsehoods and they're over here for a decade fighting is it a contrail is it a chemtrail the whole time both those things were chemtrails okay anything coming out of the back of jets is chemicals they're mixing different chemicals together there's this ballet orchestrated entire agenda unraveling in our skies different things are being mixed but then the infiltration tells us to debate what it is. It's always been one thing. So same thing with 5G. You've got disinformation tactics. <coughs> Excuse me. Cough it out. Don't worry. And all of these issues can be so simplified, just like GMO, genetically modified organisms. Indeed. And then you've got all of these confusion tactics. I'll break the GMO down to very simply. These plants have been altered in a laboratory that they can withstand being sprayed with poison. Otherwise, the plant would just shrivel up and die. But now they can withstand this poison that is poisonous. It's poisonous poison. And you can't wash it off. That is GMO. But all these confusion tactics and even the name GMO, it's a little big and confusing. And it just even the name geoengineering, it's confusing. Talk to some normal random person out there. Geoengineering sounds like geology. It sounds harmless. It sounds like drilling in the ground for something, you know? And it definitely doesn't talk about weather modification or biowarfare or experimentation and what have you and all these things that are that are public knowledge. The 5G simplified, okay? So the radio wave spectrum. Again, information that not all of us are privy to. Very simple information we should all know about. But we're indoctrinated. Sorry. And we should have learned about other things, such as growing our own food, maybe um, how to balance a checkbook. You know, these simple things that we graduated high school. We yeah, no one knows how to do that nowadays. Right. It's unreal. Um, and, and remember, actually, I think it's incredible that just in our lifetimes, we actually had to memorize phone numbers. We oh, yeah. actually had um, album covers that were art artistic pieces of art. We played outside, for God's sake. Yeah, we played outside, <laughs> for God's sake. So there's been a, a, a lot of shifting going on in a very short amount of time, and I hope that there can be a backlash back to the well, natural I mean, world. I mean, kids can't even do that nowadays. There's all sorts of pedophiles running around out there. Yeah, or, or we want to be feared into that. But, but either way, so we've got this 5G that's coming, and what is it? Nobody even knows. And in doing so, by not having the knowledge, all we're left with is this disempowerment. We can't share the information with our friends, families, and peers and bring the, the truth forward and then actually do something about it empowered with knowledge if we don't even know what the knowledge is. So the radio wave spectrum is the technology that humans have used to carry data. We use the radio wave spectrum for radar, for AM and FM radio waves, 
for Wi-Fi, for cell phones, for smart meters, smart technology is on the radio wave spectrum. And I actually went to a library and read books on this because I thought it would be amazing. And, and, and I wanted to actually, you know, talk to a librarian and get books on this, you know, because you put a Google search in and the Google search even is, isn't even what it was a few years ago. Like, I don't want my learning to be so obstructed that it's shifted over just my lifetime to such a drastic degree that it's actually the opposite of what it used to be. So I went to the library and I found some older books on the radio wave spectrum and on frequency and on light. And it was an incredible learning process. And it was very simple. So here's the deal. The radio wave spectrum carries data on these invisible waves. <clears throat> Excuse me. So radio waves that carry AM information the AM waves are invisible, and they're traveling through all of us right now as we speak. That's unless, the scary part, yeah. Unless you're completely off-grid. Well, the AM waves are harmless because of their size. Okay. Now, all radio waves actually, remarkably, travel at the speed of light, which is 186,000 miles per second. So they have the properties of light, radio waves. <coughs> oh, I have water right here. Go ahead. Take a drink there. Got to so, clear that throat. So check it out. Radio waves are the speed of light, but they're not the size of light. So it's okay, and it doesn't really confuse our system because we're beings of light, and we're set to this biological clock of the Earth, which is the Schumann's resonance, which is the re Schumann's resonance is 7.8 hertz. And that's basically this tuning that we have for our body where we are electrical beings, and we have brainwave patterns and heart, and our, our, all of our organs together are in this symphony of frequency tuned and they're susceptible to manipulation when we're in a bad mood our brainwave state changes we're it in does. a meditative state our brainwave state changes and these this is frequencies that change when you learn about binaural beats you can see how very easily sensitive and susceptible our frequencies are because in just listening to headphones binaural beats um, changes the frequency of your brain to put your brain into a theta brainwave state. So, for instance, your brain does the differential of the headphones. So if you have a headphone that's doing the binaural beats, you've got one headphone that's, for instance, at 20 hertz, and you can't really hear any of it. It's just um, silent. I'm over music, but you can't tell. One headphone's 20 hertz. The other headphone is, for instance, 13 hertz. The differential is 7 hertz. Your brain will calculate the differential and go into that 7 hertz brainwave state just from this tuning of listening to headphones. So we're very easily manipulated, susceptible. Definitely. And of course, the LAPD, they have been using the LRAD system for such a long time. That's the long-range acoustic device that basically is used to disperse uh, crowds and riots, that sort of thing. And that thing shoots out this uh, high frequency that could really mess you up. Yes, frequency has been used um, at, even in the Middle East as a Word. weaponized device. So we're taught, when we talk about the size of the wave, it really starts to get incredibly important because the 5G wave, the size of it is important. So the radio frequency wave spectrum, it starts off really big in the spectrum as the AM waves, which are a thousand feet tall. And then it goes all the way down to one millimeter in height, which is about the width of a penny. A penny is one and a half millimeters. And a millimeter is the smallest radio 
wave, radio frequency wave. And, and that's the end of the spectrum. So you've got from 1,000 feet all the way down to a millimeter in height, these frequent, invisible frequency waves going the speed of light. Once you get down to a millimeter in size, it's getting closer to the size of light. And therein lies, lies the problem because your body thinks you're around bright, bright light all the time. So the one millimeter size wave was first utilized and created in body scanner technologies at the airport and what have you, and in the military to create this thing called the active denial system, ADS, which uses, similar to what you're talking about, it uses a millimeter size wave to create a frequency fence. So if you go into this zone where the one millimeter size wave is, it's tuned to actually burn your skin. It's invisible, but it burns your skin based on the properties of the wave, its height and its, its frequency. So the 5G, it's based on military-grade weaponized technology. It's very primitive, archaic technology to be a carrier wave for cell phones. And I'll tell you why. Because it's a millimeter. Millimeter-sized waves don't go very far. So the, and they're harmful to humans. And they absorb into humans. It's actually weaponized tech. It doesn't make any sense. So we've got the radio wave spectrum. The AM waves are 1,000 feet tall, and then smaller than that, the FM waves are 10 feet tall. And these FM waves and those AM waves, they go great distances, and they go through houses and cars and trees and people, and they don't interact with our cells. They don't cause radiation unless we're right next to the source. You know, if we're right next to a, a radar or a, a, a radio tower or whatever, over time, it's going to have cumulative impacts because there is radiation off of these things. But just like a microwave oven in your house, if you have a distance away from it, it it's not impactful. The Wi-Fi router, just the same. Okay. So as these waves get smaller, we get down to these smaller waves like the Wi-Fi that we're using or microwaves or smart meter waves. And then the very smallest is the millimeter size wave, which is the 5G. Yes. And, be, and because it's a millimeter, the infrastructure is, is required to be – the telecom agency says – like Sprint, AT&T, these telecom companies, they claim they need a tower every 500 feet. Okay, so it's a tower every 500 feet, and the tower is emitting anywhere from 10 to 100 times more radiation than current towers. All right, I've, I've, I've gotten different information, and I would say it's closer to 100, but it's at least 10 times more radiation than current towers. And they're looking to put these towers, even though the technology has been shrunk down, it's smaller. They call them small cells. The radiation is still there, and they're looking to put them in your neighborhood, on street lamps, on light poles, and what Everywhere. have you. Yeah. So it, at a millimeter in size, it absorbs into your skin. And, and it tells your body that it's essentially bright light. And so there we get into this interesting, empowering conversation about our bodies. So our bodies are beams of light. We have a circadian rhythm, which is this biological clock that knows what time of day that it is. And it's very amazing and smart. Your body has this endocrine hormonal system, a gland in your brain, in your forehead, called the pineal gland that absorbs light. It knows what time of day it is. It has this sky clock built into it, the seasons, the moon, the sun, and it knows when it's 11.15 p.m. It knows the time of day. And at certain times of the day, your clock is told to create different chemicals 
whether it be hormones or dopamine precursors or dopamine or serotonin or melatonin, any of these things. And if your clock is disrupted, you might not produce these different chemicals that say make you happy like melatonin and serotonin. So on the visual light spectrum, we've got this rainbow of colors and the rainbow of colors that we perceive are based on the size of the wave. It's all back to the size again. So still we're at 186,000 miles per second. That's the speed of light. But as the size of the wave gets smaller the or bigger, however you look at it, the colors change. So the bigger waves are red. And even bigger than red is infrared. The bigger wave, bigger than the red wave, slightly bigger is infrared. And it's invisible to us it's outside of our uh, spectrum of sight. We can't see infrared, but it's there. And then as the wave gets smaller and smaller, you get blue light and then you get violet and you get ultraviolet light. Ultraviolet light waves are harmful and they're in sunlight. So they can harm our retinas and they can burn our skin and they tell our clock that the sun is out. Our biological clock absorbs the UV and it knows, okay, it's noon or whatever. So right next to ultraviolet light on the color spectrum is blue light. So blue light is being emitted from our smart devices, from LED street lamps, from LED lights, from our tablets and all these things. And it's really important to know that this actually confuses our bodies. If you have a street lamp out front of your house that's emitting this, you want to get blackout curtains because your sleep patterns can be disrupted because your body thinks that it's bright sunlight. And similarly, Wi-Fi, smartphones, 5G, cell towers, it's emitting invisible light, but it's still, the size of the wave is still small enough to confuse our bodies. So just like how blue light can mess us up, so can this invisible electromagnetic field, radio frequency waves coming off of smart meters, cell towers, Wi-Fi, um, smartphones. Okay, and so this is why the National Institute of Health, they concluded that the utility workers were committing suicide because oh. their biological clocks were being completely offset every time they were around these towers. So every time they go to work and they work on these towers, these cell phone towers, their biological clock is being told it's noon. It's bright light that you're in. It's high noon. It's bright, bright, bright light. And even if they're there at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. or 8 a.m., doesn't matter. Their biological clocks are being reset. And so as it's being reset all the time, your body's never being told that it's midnight. And at midnight, you're supposed to be pr producing melatonin and these things that make you happy. So these utility workers have been, gotten, have been getting so depressed that they commit suicide in the National Institute of Health. That's terrible. Has, yeah. So there's all these studies out there. They're right there. And just like that one, for instance, it's very empowering to know that the research is there and that it's already been concluded. And then we can take steps towards actually mitigating our exposure and our health impacts because the radiation from these towers and, and our devices and what have you has two essential components. It's distance and time. So distance is how far you are from it. You know, if you're camped out right underneath a massive cell tower, then you're right next to it. As you get further away, there's less radiation. And I encourage you to get a radiation EMF device. And you yes. can see these levels for yourself and learn. Just like a Wi-Fi router, if you're right next to it, lots of radiation, you're in the next room, it's negligible. But then you connect the device to it, and now you've got a field of radiation. But either way, the distance that you're from it is important, and the time. 
it's an accumulation of radiation in your body, like a bioaccumulation. So over time, as the radiation accumulates, then you see problems. The one millimeter size 5G wave, it bifurcates cells. It causes cellular division and mutation. And over time, as these cells are divided because the wave is so small and it wreaks havoc on your system, you can create cancer, you can create issues, all sorts of issues childhood leukemia, what have you. But if, if you don't have enough duration or time exposed to the radiation, or if you keep enough distance away, you can mitigate your exposure. Or you can, you can check out my clothing line, Spero, S-P-E-R-O, which is Latin for hope. And the marketing catchphrase for Spero is, wherever there is hope, there is always a silver lining. And everything we have is lined with silver. I'm creating a baby blanket lined with silver. Hats, lined with silver, sweatshirts, cell phone cases, you name it. I'm creating an option for people that want to deflect the radiation coming in yes. so that they mitigate their exposure levels and, and hopefully not you know, have any impacts from this emerging technology. So I encourage people to please check out. I have a GoFundMe. Um, if you can chip in, that's cool. If you can share it or just go and learn some information. I've got a lot of cool videos on there. It's GoFundMe.com slash protection clothing. And then um, while you're at it, I can share with you my websites. I've got actualactivists.com and then frankenskiesthemovie.com. But please do check out the gofundme.com slash protection clothing as there's a lot of information there, especially for people that really want to get deep into it. A lot of hyperlinks and videos and what have you explaining all of the research and then, you know, basically walking you through the process that I've gone through to get to where I'm at, which is I live a radiation-free life. Yeah, you've done that quite well. And that's one thing I did want to mention here. I was surprised about your YouTube channel. It's still up and running. You haven't faced any sort of a pushback from YouTube, have you, Matt? Oh, yeah, of course I have. And I just got a 30-day ban from Facebook where I have my 40,000 followers. On YouTube, I've got 9,000 followers. And I've got definitely thresholds where, where my, my videos can only hit certain levels. I witnessed the YouTube censorship when I came out with the film Frankenskies. Yeah. It was doing, it was doing really well until it got to 70,000 views and then it just hit the brakes. And oh, okay. um, I, it was, it was during a wave of censorship. So it wasn't just me, but definitely I've seen the censorship on Facebook. I've seen the censorship on YouTube and it's, it's very, it's very real. It's, it's, very steady. And it's just like that frog in the boiling water thing. You, you drop a frog in boiling water, it'll hop out. But if you slowly turn the water up while the frog's in it, it won't hop out and it'll just get boiled alive. And that's how it is with our erosion of rights. It's this slow and steady until eventually the alternative media, the truth voice won't even be heard. But it's this slow process. So people don't even really see it happening, you know, even though it's hidden right there in plain sight. Yes, and I really like your videos. The more recent upload you did about a month ago was with the copper fabric, the EMF protection there. I, I saw you take out that blanket and cover, I think was your router, I believe it was. And yeah, that thing was going off. Yeah, the, the, that, the purpose of the video was to show that you can block radiation with this metallic fabric. 
There is stainless steel woven fabric. There is copper fabric. There's nickel type fabric and there's silver fabric. All of these metallic fabrics, they act as an armor or a shield that literally deflects these invisible microwave waves. So I showed that you can completely eliminate the signal coming off of the Wi-Fi router using this copper sheet. Um, the purpose of that was to show that if you use that copper to then line garments, which I've used that exact copper, copper to prototype uh, vests, hooded vests and hooded sweatshirts, um, what have you, to deflect the radiation and create the armor out of that copper, which is which is actually pretty badass. It is. That's very awesome to see. For those that don't know, Matthew does have a pretty popular channel, and it is kind of sad that YouTube one day will get rid of all of us. Uh, my other channel was already demonetized, so that cut off a good portion of support that I once had. And like I said, it won't be long until there won't be a, a YouTube platform for any free speech. It's been limited for quite some time now. And thanks to all the drama caused by Vox, that didn't help whatsoever. Yeah, I don't, I don't see. Well, the way that I see it is it's all an opportunity. I used to shake my fist at the chemtrails and try to talk to anyone and everyone on the street, handing them a flyer or even a DVD and saying, you know, don't you see the skies? Look at this. We have to do something. But now I'm totally taking a calm, productive. You're reserved proactive, yeah. reserved approach. I'm trying to find the people that are like-minded and the other type of people, I'm trying to meet them where they're at and really come to their level in a calm, collective manner. And it's just like that with any truth, right? So with, um, oh, what was I talking about? I just started thinking about chemtrails. What did you ask? <laughs> I was just talking about the censorship that we see and also... Oh, it's an opportunity. Yeah, it's so an opportunity. the chemtrails, I look at them as an amazing opportunity. So I used to look at it as a curse, but now I see it as a blessing. What an amazing opportunity for people to wake up. And once you wake up to one truth and start writing that frequency of truth, I firmly believe that as you elevate to that vibration of truth, that all other truths start to become self-evident. It's an amazing process. And for it to begin with something as dramatic and awesome and I mean, shocking, staggering, but what a way to break down that wall of cognitive dissonance. I no, mean, chemtrails is something special. So just like that, the censorship, it's a blessing. You know why? It's bringing it back to the streets, to the one-on-one -on -one conversation, to the humanity, to the eye contact, to the local level, which is what we so desperately need. How are we going to really get to people, especially the youth, when all of our all of our tactics are being snuffed out online. We're being censored. We're being put into these little echo chambers. When I first got up to 20,000 followers on Facebook, my posts would go viral. I knew my target audience, and I could hit them with this certain amazing, and it was incredible, the traction that I have had. Now, a couple years later, I've gone from 20,000 to 40,000 followers on Facebook, and the censorship is unreal. I'll, I'll, I just posted something yesterday. It was just a quote. Well, it was a quote from Adolf Hitler. Oh, <laughs> but my it was, goodness. It was a quote saying 
um, how erosion of rights works, that you just baby step your way and you take them a teeny bit away at a time. And that got me a 30-day ban. That got you banned. Wow. Right? I've also put up posts where no one can see it and they, they contact me and say it's a blank post or it'll get one like. You know, show me someone with 40,000 followers in their posts get get one like it's not real but what did it do it got me out on the streets with flyers making eye contact getting uh, more evolved and organ and organized and you have to roll with the punches and adjust we have to adjust you know and this is I'm an amazing you. opportunity for us to take back our humanity and, and make some eye contact with people and, and say, hey, 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 here I am. Look at me. I've got something to say, but in a nice, awesome way where you can meet them on their level. So I encourage people to get active in their own way. If you're passionate about animal cruelty and how upsetting it is, then make yourself a really simple flyer. Go to the farmer's market and meet people where they're at and start with day one, baby steps towards big goals. And you'll be amazed at the kind of people that are out there. You'll be amazed at the level of people that are waking up and the truth that's out there. We're told that everyone's asleep and that we're helpless and hopeless. But guess what? The revolution will not be televised. No, I agree. Otherwise known as the revolution of the mind will not be on social media. It'll be out there in the world where, where we're not censored. Okay, so these people around us are waking up, but we're not going to be told that I type in on Facebook. I try to get local and I say something. Hey, I just did this in California or hey, I'm in Arizona posting a posting an event or whatever, whatever. The only people that see the posts are abroad. Okay, it's obvious when the only people are in Indonesia and Jakarta and and what have you when they're commenting on things only when I try to get local and I put in a town or city name. There's filtered algorithms. That's the algorithm, right? To prevent us from getting local. So how do we adjust and roll with it? Well, you better believe in the 30 days that they block me from Facebook, they're going to regret that because I'm going to have so much more impact on my local community than I ever would have. Thank you very much, Facebook. And then by the time they let me back on, I'll have so much more knowledge and I'll be so much more productive and I'll have this arsenal of videos and what have you that I've made to roll out. I mean, it's just like this. The dark can either shrivel up and die or it can expose itself and in doing so it'll show the world that there is darkness and we'll realize that there's duality and dark and light and that you know that we're here to be the light and either way we win right so whatever side that they want to come at us with we're going to adjust we're amazing adaptable spiritual beings and we're here to adapt and bring about this shift so there's really no stopping it. So let them censor us all they want. We'll go back to an, a more natural means of doing so, and we'll go back to print, and we'll and we'll regress to less radiation, and and we'll we'll adapt, and we'll grow, and and we'll win. So you know, bring it on. And I see it as an encouragement, and I try to bring it all in this positive light. That's a positive because, way to see it. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? It's all in God's hands or the universe's hands, and all I can do is trust and roll with it and try to adapt. I agree. And of course, Matt, I did want to ask you really quickly here if you have faced any sort of physical or online harassment due to some of your viewpoints. Of course. You get but that I often. Love it, but I love it. It's amazing. You know, um, I would never not be an activist, but given 
the spotlight that I've put myself in and the traction that I've had spearheading a global movement to bring awareness to weather manipulation and even now 5G and what have you. There's, I mean, I block trolls on a daily basis. But what about physical? Has anyone grabbed you, hit you, anything of that nature? <clears throat> At the conference in Tucson, there was oh. a big ordeal where this provocateur interrupted my conference and and um, I was never physically touched. I mean, there's been there's been scenarios, but but at the end of the day, I feel that I'm elevated on a higher vibration of truth that all those haters, they can't even see me on this level. kind of you, thing. you never know, though, Matt, someone might try to, you know, punch you one day or something, something like that, maybe even kick you while your back is turned. Never know. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the life of an activist is amazing. But as long as I let go and really trust, I mean, those those people who want to, you know, mess with me, I don't think I literally I, I, I believe so much in what I'm doing and in the power of, of being positive and on this elevated tip that I'm on that that literally I'm invisible. You're not even phased. Yeah, I hear you. And of course, on your website, I gathered that you are anti-vaccines. Many have reported certain vaccines have caused death, autism, and even permanent nerve damage. The list goes on. Uh, do you feel all vaccines are harmful, Matt, or just certain ones? At this stage in the game, where we're at in 2019, I wouldn't trust Anything being injected into me, period, especially considering the list of ingredients. It's just that simple. When I started to wake up, it was just that simple for me. I started reading ingredients in food. Someone actually said to me, read the ingredients in food, my friend's older sister. And I was in my early 20s and I said, oh, what a night, what a novel idea. And then if I couldn't read the word, I wasn't really willing to eat it. That That was the shift for me. And that was like nearly 20 years ago now. And in that same regard, why would I inject myself with something that's known to cause serious harm when I've been a super healthy, happy human being, and I haven't been plugged with anything for a long, long time? The vaccination schedule when I was born in 1980, um, I believe was around six shots, and now it's around 70, and the ingredients have just piled up. When I first got into the activism space, um, a few people in my world who I later learned that I can't trust as far as I can throw them. <laughs> they said, they said to me, don't mix topics. You're going to confuse people and, and you want to stick to one topic. Only do chemtrails. Otherwise, you're going to lose people and you don't want to muddy the waters. And I sat with that and I've learned to cultivate my intuition and really resonate with what I think is right and follow that instead of giving my power away to other people and their opinions, you know, because they may even have ulterior motives. Never know. Not. And so I didn't just stick with one topic, and I went with actualactivists.com. And actual activist is this play on words. The act, actual activist, is really pushing people to act and to get out there. But then it's, are you an actual activist? You know, are you actually an activist or are you on the couch? A lot of people are not. Yeah. Clicking like and not even spreading these truths with your people in your personal life, your friends, family, and peers. You know, I encourage people to really speak their truth, even if their voice shakes, because you never know you could be lighting the fire under the ass of the next Malcolm X, or you could even be that next Malcolm X. But really, you need to honor that truth with integrity. So it's all about just bringing it you know, bringing it home and, and, 
and being being yourself and not you know living up to the confinements of your peers who want to they they want to work you into who who they are through these guilt trips and and this um this ridicule psychology that gets you to think the way they want you to think. Well, a lot of them don't even really understand what they're even talking about, first of all. Right. So so back to <laughs> yes. actual activists. So I formed actual activists to actually say, are you an actual activist? Are you maybe controlled opposition? Are you working for the man? Are you an actual activist? Are you going to get up and actually do something and make the difference in your local neighborhood? And so in that light, I took the four topics that I felt needed to be united because we're all human beings fighting for truth and we all bleed red. There's nothing that makes us any different. And if you look at the current administration, all these tactics, they wanted to divide us every which way. We're all here to fight for justice and liberty and truth. There's no difference between me and you. Nothing. Zero. And so uh, in that light, the activism truths that I felt that needed to be highlighted the most under this umbrella of activism that we can all share together were chemtrails, fluoride, GMOs, and vaccines. So I brought as much information together on those four topics. And now there's actually a blog on actual activists that goes into, you name it, all sorts of different. Yes, that's truths. a good thing, though. You don't want to be a one trick pony now. No, and I think it's really important to empower people with information on health. That's one thing a lot of people don't know much about. And the chemtrail space, especially, you can empower yourself. You don't have to be a victim. There's so many activists who I don't even think are actual activists out there, and they push this fear, and where does it leave you disempowered, uninformed, and where are you at at the end of the day, okay? What you can do is take your health into your own hands with knowledge. For instance, we all are mineral deficient. We need minerals. We're beings of electricity, and it's all about how conductive we are so that our entire system can work. And nowadays, the soil and the plants, they are not mineral rich like they used to be because of the system that we live in. It really only takes nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, NPK, to grow plants. And these, these minerals that were there before in our ancestors and our DNA really still wants these, these colloidal silvers and this monatomic element and this plant-based selenium, and you name it. There's a whole list, chromium, nickel, cobalt. There's so many minerals that we are deprived of, and it's even plant-based minerals such as aluminum, believe it or not. So when we're up to speed on our plant-based minerals, then we're not absorbing toxic elements from the environment and from the water with the hopes that it's what we need. So say we're calcium deficient and there's radioactive strontium in the air being sprayed on us, heaven forbid, but it's true. Well, our bodies might confuse that, think it's calcium, absorb it into our bones. But if we're up to speed on our calcium, but milk, milk doesn't do the body good, by the way. If we're up to speed on our calcium, then we, we're not so mineral deficient that we're absorbing these toxins from the environment. So one specific example is sugar. A lot of us ingest sugar or have in our lifetime, and it's really important to try to back away off of that because sugar creates an acidic environment. Acidic environment fuels cancer, different problems. Also, sugar depletes us of magnesium. Every molecule of sugar that we ingest, it takes 54 molecules of magnesium to process that one molecule of sugar. So this 54 to 1 
relationship, this ratio relationship has left us deplenished of magnesium. Now, magnesium is the central molecule in the chlorophyll atom, which chlorophyll is in greens, green stuff. But still, it's not super bioavailable in all these different things that we intake. And we, we're not up to speed on our magnesium. So we really have to take that into consideration. Maybe get a magnesium topical, reduce our sugar intake. I really like magnesium sulfate Epsom salt baths, you know. But we take these things into consideration. Maybe get some plant-based minerals from Utah, put it in our waters, you know, and get up to speed. Colloidal silver, colloidal gold, all these different things. Also, we can learn about chelation and get the heavy metals out of our bodies that we have absorbed maybe from the aluminum in our vaccines or flu shots if we're if we did do that you know and we're not learning but it's okay to learn um also remove the mercury fillings it's it's important to get these fillings that are toxic out of our heads and then moving forward we can learn about spirulina chlorella zeolite clay uh food grade diatomaceous earth diet um um pardon me oh there's a there's one more yeah, I just I just drew a drew a blank in my don't in worry. My memory. We're, but either way, we're chelation, close to the end. Don't worry. So, so you chelate, C H E L A T E. This is the means of pulling these heavy metals out out of your body. And you learn about this. You can use spear, um, You can also use cilantro. It pulls heavy metals out of your body. You start to do these healthy things and learn about health and work your way away from toxic foods that are acidic. Learn about pH. Learn about our body's pH and, and then learn about Dr. Sebi, S-E-B-I. Dr. Sebi was curing cancer and HIV and just about everything just from a highly alkaline diet. Our bodies want to regulate on a slightly pH that is slightly alkaline of around 7.4. Um, 7 is right in the middle of the scale of alkaline and acidic. And if you start to learn about how acidic pepperoni pizza, peanut butter, um, Coca-Cola, these different things are, you can see very easily how an unhealthy diet can lead to these unhealthy circumstances like like cancer. Cancer yeah, exactly. is fed in these environments. And then when you see the relationships between all these things and you learn about, well, you end up with aluminum in your body from whatever, your deodorant or your food or, or it's in the air. But aluminum can't bypass the blood-brain barrier because you have this protective barrier between the rest of your body and your brain, which is amazing that we have this protective barrier, but it's not developed until we're 18 months old. So if a child's under the age of a year and a half, the child has yet to create the infant. This helpless infant has yet to create the blood-brain barrier. So if it's injected, if the child is injected with these vaccinations, there's no protective barrier. And these toxic ingredients are going to these children's brains and causing neurological damage or even SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. And there's a I lot mean, of people out there who are very, very much against the notion that vaccines cause autism. There's some folks out there who think that's rubbish. What do you say to those folks? I mean, people will be stuck in their belief system, but, but how can you deny immediate adverse reactions? When I mean, it's beyond correlation when a child is given an injection and then becomes autistic right after that. I mean, it's just where are people's heads at? One, one of them, one of the situations that really makes me mad and really brings it home for me in this whole vaccine space now sure. that we're talking about it yeah. 
is when I was growing up, I heard about this psychological syndrome going around called shaken baby syndrome. Mm. And what it was were was parents and babysitters were supposedly all of a sudden going crazy and worried about the babies crying too much and shaking them to death. And so the baby's brains were bouncing around in their head and they were getting uh, swollen brains and cephalitis. Their, their brains were swollen so much that they died. And they would take them to court and the mom or parent or babysitter would say, no, no, that did not happen. I just came into the crib and the baby was dead from a swollen brain, evidently. And they say, oh, no, this is psychological circumstances and she might have had a psychosis and blacked out. And, and they throw these people in jail. These innocent people. And then come to find out, it's because of the vaccines, man. The vaccines cause swollen. They cause swelling of the brain. They cause encephalitis. These parents, these people, weren't all of a sudden coming down with this psychosis. The vaccine schedule was changing. And the vaccine makers were happy to point the finger at these parents and, and lock them up. There's an amazing documentary on it. And that's just one instance. All right. So really, to, to take a step back, I think it's just important to look at the ingredients. You don't want to have these ingredients in your food. Why would you inject them into your body? Exactly. Right? Good point. And so the back to the fluoride, if we end up with aluminum in our body, but we've got a blood brain barrier because we're 18 months or older. And mind you, if you're a parent and you're on the fence with vaccines, at least wait, at least wait till they have a blood brain, brain barrier. Okay, I know people don't like to trust me because I don't have the white coat and you didn't pay to hear my advice. Right. <laughs> yes. But but at least wait, please. If you're listening, that's that's all I can say. I mean, ideally, you, you won't get your child plugged with that poison because it's criminal. But at the end of the day, you can at least wait for them to have that protective blood brain barrier so that those toxins don't go straight into their brain. Good so, point. So anyways, fluoride, fluoride can pass the blood brain barrier. It's a neurotoxin. It's actually quite harmful. And that's why it's only put into the water in small bits, small doses. But if you have fluoridated toothpaste and you ingest it, you're supposed to call it poison control because of the fluoride. So why is it put into our drinking water? And how much is put into our drinking water, right? I mean, if, if we're being medicated but not even being privy to the dosage amounts, that is complete insanity, in my opinion, not to mention medication without consent. That's complete insanity. So I've actually moved to a community that does not fluoridate the water and all the people's teeth are still intact. So imagine that. But either way, fluoride will pass the blood brain barrier and it actually clings to aluminum and will escort aluminum that's in your blood to your brain. And then the fluoride and the aluminum actually have a chemical reaction in your brain. These two toxic chemicals have chemical reinteractions and create this like process that totally messes you up and gives you Alzheimer's and dementia and what have you. So either way, if you're consuming fluoride, you don't want aluminum. Or if you're consuming aluminum, you don't want fluoride. But at the end of the day, please, God, get rid of that fluoride toothpaste and educate yourself on some of these issues because I want everyone out there to be healthy, happy, and on a high vibration so that we can all live in harmony and bring about the change that we so much need in this world. That's true. Healthy mind, healthy body. You definitely don't want to be a cardiomyopathy victim, no doubt. <laughs> definitely don't want that oh, to but, be your demise. 
Because here in America that, you know, we deal with everyone out there, all of our relatives, all of our friends, a lot of them are overweight. We are a very obsessed nation when it comes to gluttony. It's it's awful. Yeah, I like that play on words, gluttony. That's pretty smart. Yes, sir. And by the way, I didn't even get to ask you, what's going on with your parents, your family, uh, your friends, your peers? How do they perceive you, Matt, that this um, route you took in life, uh, or, or is it a positive thing? Is it a negative thing? Tell me about it. Um, well, the way that I have witnessed it, your vibe attracts your tribe. and And as you elevate, to higher plateaus, sometimes you have to leave those other friends behind. Ah, you know? yes, you do have I've, to cut I, them I out. I even witnessed that today with frequencies that no longer served me. And I had to just tell myself that I was making a, a decision for my own betterment to, to move forward in my life. Um, my, my, my friends from back home and what have you, most of them, even though the, the, the geoengineering has since become public knowledge and it's trying to be launched still people are um you know in that denial phase. resistant yeah but all truths eventually become self-evident and some people have come around some people that i never thought would it was amazing that my mom she had seen my film and i'd been talking about it for then already a year or two but she came to sedona arizona to visit me and she witnessed some incredible crazy Guys, in Arizona, it's so obvious because you've got this dark blue, amazing desert sky, and then they come out and spray the crap out of it, and it's it's obvious. So my mom had kind of been shaking her head, I mean, nodding her head and saying, "Oh yeah, chemtrails. Oh yeah, Franken skies. Oh yeah." But then she finally woke up in uh, Sedona, yes. and she was like, "Oh wow, this is real." And I'm like, "What do you mean this is real? You didn't know the past couple of years, so maybe she was just, you know." But either way, um, most people are are pretty much not my friends anymore. My dad. Um, he was a pilot, amazing, and oh. he, he died when I was 27. Okay. I, I put engraved in stone a chemtrail on his tombstone. Did you? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. It, well, I wasn't, I didn't know at the time, man. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, like, I was thinking about going back and actually chipping it off there somehow, but, but I mean, it just speaks to, I didn't know, right? I didn't know. I, did, I, I had no idea, and he was a pilot, and it was just representing his love for the skies and what have you. And, but yeah, there's a plane leaving a chemtrail. And you had stomp. a, did you have a good relationship with him? Oh, uh, kind of rocky, huh? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, um, well, okay. you want to hear an amazing story? I'm down. Go ahead. Okay. So I was, this is, I've never told this story before. Just, I'm ready. I mean, publicly at least. So, um, I had a falling out with my dad. My dad was like growing up. He was, he, I mean, his, his whole uh, upbringing was alcoholism. So he was an alcoholic and, and when I was 16, we had a big falling out, and that was it. We we didn't speak, and it was a big, big, like, I mean, he it was a bad falling out. That's a key so, word for me uh, this evening, and I'll let you know about that. Go ahead. Which one? Falling out? No, alcohol. Alcoholic and alcoholism. Uh, right different things I heard in person today, but go ahead. Finish your story. I'll, I'll let you know right now. Well, it's it's always an amazing journey of, of learning, you know, and we are who we are based on our past, present, and, you know, maybe future or whatever. So I don't mind my past. I'm, I'm a product of it, and, and I've grown and whatever. So um, at 16, my dad's gone. Okay. And then 10 years later, bro, Mike, 10 years later, brother, I um, was living my life, you know? I, I had not spoken to my father in a decade, and screw him, whatever. I was fine with that. And I, I met this girl 
Natasha, this Ukrainian girl. Nice. We, we traveled okay. around the country together, and we went to Burning Man. We went to oh wow Mexico and all over the place. She really got me into photography and even some spirituality and stuff. And we fell in love. And she, her visa expired. She wanted to get married, and I, you know, regretted saying, "Oh, you know, let's think it through" or whatever. She went back to Ukraine, and that was it. We lost touch. And I was devastated, and I went to Ukraine, dude, and surprised her. Nice. And I'm like this Scorpio kind of hopeless romantic uh -huh. dude. Like, I mean, I, I I found her in Kiev. I had to go on MySpace and find somebody to help me around, and I found her. Oh, man. you put some work you in know? there. This was like 12 years ago now. I found her, and I was like, I'm here. I shouldn't have let you leave, you know. And she's like, she's like, oh, damn, okay. look at look at Matt here. Yeah, you wow. know, she, she was so she was so <laughs> she was so spiritual and Amazing. intuitive. She said like she said her soul knew I was there already. Oh, but, look at that. But either way, like it didn't turn into this romantic love story like I thought. I thought I was going to take her back with me. It turned into a Jerry Springer uh, episode. Man. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> Well, what happened was, was my life was shifted in an amazing way, but not how I ever would have thought. Um, she, and this is totally out there. This is just my path. She had a psychic old friend of her mom's who came over to read my um, organs. She had these divining rods. There's these divining rod things that you can like look for water and they spin in different directions. Do you know these things? I believe so. Very so vaguely. Yeah. Go ahead. L-shaped tools that you hold on to and they spin based on energy one way right, counterclockwise right. yes and the other way no or either way so you're speaking to like the spirit world yes or no mm -hmm. and 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 it seemed really wild and and the sister was there translating this lady speaking in ukrainian and it was a wild experience but she asked these questions to the spirits and these this device spun in circles and sh and when she got to my heart the device, like, I mean, these things, these two tools spun like all crazy. And and I didn't know much what to think. And, and I was pretty young and naive. But she said that the spirits were talking about my dad and that there were some issues with my heart that, you know, something about my dad and my heart and wow. that I needed to forgive my father. Yeah, that's and true. It was, really, it was really weird and interesting that it came up. So I got back from Ukraine um, without the... <laughs> the beautiful Ukrainian wife, you know, I went home, I went home alone and I got back home and I said, screw it. Where is he? And I went down and saw my dad after 10 years. I went and saw him in Miami. That's nice. Yeah. And right, right when I left, he had a heart attack and died. So it was this interesting, seemingly he was about to die of a heart attack. And it seemed like that the, the forces of the universe wanted me to one meet last and, time. For, and forgive him one last yeah, time. One kind last of time. Seal up the karmic energy or something like that. Or otherwise, I would have always regretted it. And that's my story, man. That's like, deep, I mean, man. It was it was wild and amazing and heartbreaking. And yeah. then I put a freaking chemtrail on his tombstone, <laughs> which I'll you know laughingly regret yes. forever. But it, it's been it's been an amazing journey. And yeah, that's. That's that's the answer to that question. I love that. That's a great <laughs> that's a great story. I do thank you for sharing that with us. It's it's good that you came out uh, with something that personal that you've never really disclosed anywhere before. It it really lets the audience really get to know you, Matt. Yeah, well, I'm a broken record, you know, and I I, I prefer kind of being as genuine as I can. So I try not to just say the same things over and over. And 
I like to tell the people, I like to tell people about me. I mean, I, I really like personal interaction. So ideally, I'd be one on one with people out there and what have you. But it is it is nice to kind of just put my heart out there and be this open book and, and to be as transparent as I can. Because I mean, what is what is the truth all about if it isn't you know, being true to yourself and others, right? That's right. Got to be true to yourself, no doubt. And Matt, we definitely are coming close to bringing it home here, but I definitely wanted to leave you with the final word and let you get anything off your chest that you probably haven't done, or maybe you just did. Uh, that, that last story was a good one, but of course, I would love to give you the final word. Any Any sort of advice to give any sort of up-and-coming... I guess you could say activists uh, coming up along the ropes here. What kind of advice would you give those folks? Well, I'm actually trying to put together a little free book called How to Become an Activist. So that's something oh, wow. that okay. will be cool that I can put my trials and tribulations into and hope to help people, you know, take their activism to whatever level that they want. Um, the final note that I want to leave people with is that, believe it or not, there's more to us and to the world than we know and we're, we've been told, of course, but even more than we realize. And as we become more intuitive and as we grow, I believe we're in this era of cultivation, intuition, I mean, intuition, cultivation, however you see it, right? right. And we're, we're ability to, we're, we're, we're harnessing this ability to hone in on our presence, right? Centering and honing in on our gut instincts in our heart and our gut. So really trust yourself and know that you have all the answers right there. And that this world of falsehood and disinformation, and once you learn about the one millimeter size 5G wave and that it can't go very far, then when they tell you they're going to put 20,000 satellites up and that we're all going to get cooked with microwaves, you can see that it's a distraction to disempower you from getting active and stopping that cell tower from being put on your doorstep, right? Who are you going to blame? The cell tower on your doorstep or all these satellites that aren't even up there when there's health issues, right? It's a distraction. When you see Elon Musk saying he's shot a convertible into space and then the footage is so fabricated that you then realize that this is actually an attack on your discernment. It's an epiphany. You can either take authority as the truth or you can take truth as the authority. And the choice is literally up to us. So as we enter into this era of falsehoods, I want everyone to see it as an opportunity to cultivate their intuition, to resonate into a higher vibration of truth, and to really just feel because we have all the answers and we are, we are the truth we've been waiting for, right? So we can do it. We came here to do it and we will prevail. So please keep positive. And anyone who wants to reach out to me, I'm always there for you. Please um, hit me up. On my email, frankenskies at gmail.com. Please watch my movie, frankenskiesthemovie.com. Please look out for the EMF protective clothing line. Love that. Spero, S-P-E-R-O, which is Latin for hope. Um, follow me on Facebook, Matt Landman, please. Subscribe to me on YouTube, Matt Landman, please. And please 
Just try your hardest to do what you can with what you have where you're at. If you live in a town that has one coffee shop and you can print a little flyer bringing forward some truth, go to that coffee shop, put up that one and own your space, right? And just trust that someone is going to see that and that they're going to resonate on that truth and that you're going to change someone because you have that power. All right. It's all about local change and doing what we can. So be empowered with that, please, and try to bring it home. And, and let's take all collectively, let's take baby steps towards creating the world that we want to live in. Amazing. I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program yet again. Love talking to you. We will definitely have to do this again in the near in the very near future, my friend. I'd, I'd happily come on and I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for, for taking the time. And, and thanks for, for being so positive, man. Much appreciated. Yeah, no problem. And I do hope all works out for you on your future endeavors, my friend. And we'll do this again. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to it. All right. Mahalo. Take care. Mahalo. Right, Bye-bye. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was Mr. Matthew Freeland. Great, great guy. Loved having him here on the program and discussing all these interesting things with all of you out there. A couple times I was thinking about that TV show, Better Call Saul. And there's a character in that TV show that has to walk around with that blanket. Uh, Chuck, I believe his name is. If anyone who actually watches that show, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, that uh, scene uh, came through my head multiple times. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, I will be live in a few more hours. Yeah, in a few more hours, I'll be back on the microphone with EA Coetting and uh, Prince Paul Mamakos. And we will be having a great time over here. And I do want to thank all of you out there who took the time to listen in here tonight. Looking at you, Gang of Four. Yeah, tomorrow night I will be here and we'll do this again. It's going to be fun. And I do want to show my appreciation to the international listeners. Love you all very much. Those in the UK, those in Canada, and now those in Brazil. It's a weird weird place that just arrived on the scene out of nowhere didn't expect the boys in brazil to be listening in but we do have that here and of course i do want to thank those in the chat room as well love that yeah gang of four from new hampshire yeah love you all very much see you tomorrow night